Greet your neighbor, Emmanuel. Give your neighbor a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give your other neighbor a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give the neighbor behind you a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give the neighbor in front of you a handshake, say Emmanuel. And greet the viewers all over the world on Emmanuel TV. Emmanuel! God is with us. You are welcome once again to the presence of God. And you may have your seats in Jesus' name. Yeah, it's, it's such a privilege to be in the presence of God. Because here in the presence of God, healing, deliverance, breakthrough are just like breathing. And as you have entered into the presence of God today, and you are joining us live on Emmanuel TV, we know that your case will not escape the anointing of God. So let, let me just quickly ask you a question. You can answer the question from wherever you are in the church auditorium. The question I want to ask you is this. What are you here for today? I, I want you to shout it out wherever you are. What are you here for today? Okay, I'm hearing deliverance. Salvation, very good. Did, did someone say breakthrough? Are you sure you're here for breakthrough? <laughs> Okay, I, I heard someone say promotion. Okay, now, next question. Who is the one who can give you these things? Let me hear you. I'm not sure. Did, can you say that again? Jesus. Wonderful. You agree with me that what you are here for, Jesus is the one who will give you. Excellent. Now, we know that whatever you receive here today will be from our Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. It's not man's plan, it's not by our own efforts, it's not by our human intelligence or wisdom, it is by the grace of God that you will receive what you will receive today. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God to bring healing, to bring deliverance, to bring blessing, to bring peace into our hearts. So, let me ask you the next question. Is the Holy Spirit's welcome into your hearts. I, I didn't hear you very clearly. Let me, let me ask you again. <laughs> Is the Holy Spirit welcome in your hearts? Okay. We believe that amen is a genuine, that yes is a genuine one. Because I want to try and paint a picture that I believe can help you relate to this truth. Just imagine that a very influential or important person is coming to visit you in your house. Let, let's, let's, let's say maybe, for example, the, the president of your country or someone you know in society that is very influential, someone that is very well known is coming to visit you in your house, coming to eat with you. Let me ask you this question. I want someone to answer. How will you prepare your home to receive such a person? If you would like to answer the question, just raise your hand. Okay, our sister here has raised her hand. How you want to prepare if you're going to receive a very, very influential and important guest into your home. I will clean up my house, I've put everything in place. Okay, I hope you listened to what she said. 
said she will clean up the house. Tell your neighbor, clean up the house. Okay, well, what else will you do? I will make sure uh, uh, there is nothing on the ground. Everything is uh, uh, Everything looks fine, beautiful. beautiful. Everything looks spick and span. Yes. Okay, now, if, if you're going to prepare food for the influential person, what kind of food will you prepare? The best food uh, I would li I like to eat. The best would, food? Yes. The best of the... Oh, yeah, what's your best, best food? Um, rice. <laughs> rice! With beans, beans and chicken. The president is in for a very special dish. Okay, what kind of rice? Um, a baked rice. Wow. Okay, so I, I hope you see where we're going here. Our, our sister is, is saying the truth. If you're going to receive a very important person into your house, you will prepare very especially for that. You will clean up everywhere. You will make sure that everywhere is beautiful. You will make sure there's no dirt or things around. You want to make a good impression. You want to impress the person that is coming to visit you. Is that all right? Is, is that not right? You want to make sure that the person is happy when they leave, that they have a good impression about the visit to your house. Now, I want to relate this to the way and manner we often approach the Holy Spirit. Today in our Christian lives, we often approach the Holy Spirit as a very special guest that we want to welcome into our house for a short period and then he goes. And when we want to welcome him, we quickly make sure we prepare everywhere. We clean here, clean there, make sure this is fine. We quickly stop anything that we know is not in line with him because we want him to come. We want to impress him. We want to receive something from him. But let me tell you a valuable and important truth today. The Holy Spirit is not just here to visit your hearts. He's here to make his home in your hearts. There's a difference. A visitor can come and go. After the visitor has come, the mess that you cleared up, you, you can get messy again. You say, I've made a good impression. I've impressed my visitor. But the Holy Spirit wants to make his home in your hearts, to dwell in you, to live in you permanently, not to come and go. So I ask you the question again, is the Holy Spirit welcome in your heart? Or, or do, you, do you just quickly clean up to impress him? Because you want healing. You want breakthrough. You want promotion. You have a challenge that you're facing that is beyond you. You say, let me run to church. I need this from God. But you're just putting up an impression to try and woo the Holy Spirit to give you. Whereas you're not ready to really welcome him to live in your hearts. Prophet T.B. Joshua says, the Holy Spirit may convict us, he may operate through us, he may speak through us, but he cannot make his home in our hearts unless we are recreated, unless our hearts are conducive for him to stay. Because many people today say they want the Holy Spirit to come. They want the benefits, the results, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. But in their private lives, behind closed doors, when they're back at home, they still engage in things that grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit goes where he is desired not just where he is needed. Because we all need the Holy Spirit. Everyone 
needs Him. The question is, do you really desire Him? We need the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, who are we? Our Christian lives depend on the Holy Spirit. No one can say no to sin and yes to righteousness without the help of the Holy Spirit. No one can say Jesus is Lord effectively without the help of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, our church service today is just a religious occasion, just a gathering. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, our prayers are just mere words. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, we can fast, fast, fast. We're just going on a hunger strike. Without the Holy Spirit, this message I'm preaching, this sermon, is just motivational talk, can inspire you, can charge you emotionally, but cannot change you spiritually. You can only become spiritual by the help of the Holy Spirit, because God is spirit, and His worshipers must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Without the Holy Spirit, this Christianity that we claim is nothing more than religion. Serving a God we don't know. Without the Holy Spirit. So I ask you again, is the Holy Spirit welcome to live in your heart? Because the human spirit fails unless the Holy Spirit fills. And this brings us to the title of today's message. Welcome the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor, welcome the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor, welcome the Holy Spirit. Now, let's quickly turn in our Bibles to the proof text for today's message. That's Ephesians chapter 4, from verse 30 to 32. Once again, Ephesians chapter 4, from verse 30 to 32. And it reads thus. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, let's quickly as well turn to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8 from verse 5 to 6. And it reads thus. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit's have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Now, Prophet T.B. Joshua says, and he said this from his many experience, traveling all over the world, ministering to pastors, ministers, people in crusades around the world. He said that, I have witnessed the Holy Spirit descend on many people, but he does not remain. I mean, he does not stay 
when he is grieved. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? I'm going to explain this to you in four very simple points, and I encourage you to examine your life in the light of these truths. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Number one, we grieve the Holy Spirit by our pride. Number two, we grieve the Holy Spirit when we hold a grudge against someone. Number three, we grieve the Holy Spirit when we ignore him. And number four, we grieve the Holy Spirit by forcing him to see and hear what is opposed to his will. I'm, I'm going to go through it one by one with you. Number one, we grieve the Holy Spirit by our Pride. Pride. What is pride? When you consider yourself more than God. When you, you care more about your ego than your conscience. When you care more about your image than your destiny. When you care more about your ambition than your salvation. Pride. This pride is expressed in many ways. Let, let me just give you one or two ways in which you can identify someone that demonstrates that pride. Have you observed that in life and in society in general, it's very common for people when they succeed and do well, they attribute the glory to themselves. Have you observed that in life? I want to hear you. Have you observed that? When, when we succeed, it's, we attribute it to our personal efforts. But when we fail, we look for a scapegoat. When we fail, we point fingers. We blame, I'm from a bad family, poor family background. Uh, this person is the one responsible for this. I'm facing this, this, this. We easily point fingers when we fail, but when we do well, we attribute it to ourselves. This is pride. Pride causes you to view yourself as a victim. Whenever you, you face a situation that is contrary to your expectation, you begin to say, uh, why are they treating me like this? Why is it happening to me like this? This guy, we were working together, he was promoted, not me. Why me of all this? Me, 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 pride. And this pride grieves the Holy Spirit. As a Christian, we should take our stand. Do you know what the stand of a Christian is? Or the stand of a Christian should be, as a Christian, we know that victory is not final and defeat is not fatal. If we succeed today, we give glory to God because the best is yet to come. If we fail today, we submit to God's will because the end has not yet come. That's a Christian. But it's so common for people today to attribute their success to themselves. Whereas we know that we are who we are, where we are, and what we are by God's grace. Everything we have today comes from God. All we are doing is simply giving back to Him what we have freely received from His generous hands. It's all about Jesus. But today, another example of pride, you see people boasting about their material possessions boasting about the number of cars they have, 
boasting about the amounts of money in their bank accounts, boasting about A, B, C, D, when the Bible says the spirits is greater than material possessions. You see, even, I'm sorry to say this, but even in the house of God today, pride is trying to infiltrate. You see, in some places, they celebrate the name of the pastor more than the name of Jesus. Build the brand of the ministry more than building the kingdom of God. And we as part of this great commission have a wonderful example in the life of Prophet T.B. Joshua. Prophet T.B. Joshua said, and I quote, I remember this so vividly, he said, the more God uses me, the more I humble myself. Because the work of healing is not mine. The work of deliverance is not mine. The work of prophecy is not mine. No man can claim credit for God's work. Tell your neighbor, don't take the credit. Tell your neighbor, don't take the credit. Tell your neighbor, don't take the credit. That's pride. Pride hardens our hearts. Pride, in fact, masks the true condition of our hearts. Pride clouds the eyes of our understanding. Pride distorts our vision. Pride keeps us from dealing with the truth. Pride blinds us from reality. Because you, you begin to view yourself as a victim, pride easily leads to offense. Someone embarrasses you, someone insults you, you say, how can they do this to me? How can they say this about me? Because of pride, we quickly pick onto offense. And by so doing, we grieve the Holy Spirit. I want to give a practical example of this. If I could just have one volunteer, any volunteer, if the Lord puts it in your hearts, just come forward. One volunteer. Okay, thank you very much, man. God bless you. Now, this is a very simple example, but I want you to examine your life in the lights of this. Madam, we are both Christians, we're brethren, we're colleagues in Christ, but I want you to do something. <laughs> I want you to insult me, okay? Don't worry, just, just for this example, just for this example, just, we're here together, I just want you to insult me, and after you insult me, walk off. You're stupid. Oh, wait, wait a minute, you didn't say that very clearly. Say it again. You're stupid. What? Okay, now, stop. I, I hope you, you follow the example now. She's a Christian, I'm a Christian. She just called me what? I didn't hear you. What, what did she call me? She said, you're stupid, and she walked off. Now, at this moment, if I have pride, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start looking at the, how can this lady call me stupid? What kind of nonsense is this? Does she not know who I am? Does, are we not colleagues? What is the meaning of all of this nonsense? Now, as a result of pride, what happens? Offense steps in. I, I hope you're with me. Grudges step in. Unforgiveness steps in. Bitterness steps in and your grudge grieves the Holy Spirit. Do you know when you need the Holy Spirit? When, when you're insulted, the Holy Spirit is there to comfort you. But today we reject the comfort of the comforter. Today we reject the help of the helper by our grudge, by our offense, by our pride. 
And when we reject the help of the helper, what do we do? We start looking for human help to make us feel better. You go and meet someone and say, do you know what that lady just called me? What, what kind of nonsense is this? This is terrible, this is ridiculous. And you, you're going to have sympathy on me. Oh, we are sorry. Do you know how many people have said we are sorry to you and their sorry has not changed you? We look for human sympathy. We quickly, we can call someone up and say, oh, do you know that this woman, do you know what she just said to me? This is nonsense. Are we our friends? Do you know how she called me stupid in public? Which kind of nonsense is this? And the person will begin to say, ah, it's true, it's very bad. How can they say this to you? Sorry, huh? Uh, uh, uh. Sorry, huh? Uh, uh. And the person you are sharing the problem with cannot solve your problem. In fact, the person you are sharing the problem with often has the same problem as you. And you wonder why your problem does not go. What we are doing by this offense we are rejecting the help of the helper. We're rejecting the counsel of the counselor. We're rejecting the comforts of the comforter. And we're on our own because we grieve the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that is there to comfort us, to provide for us, to guide us, to strengthen us in those moments where we're insulted, embarrassed, and tempted. We grieve Him. Tell your neighbor, check yourself. Check yourself. Are you with me, people of God? Now, do you know the very painful thing about this? Our sister here, Whilst I'm busy nursing my grudge, nursing my bitterness, nursing my pain, my sister here is also a Christian. Do you know as she's left, you don't know what is going on in her heart. The same Holy Spirit is convicting her that what you said is not right. You're not supposed to use that kind of language. And do you know that this same lady that night, whilst I am busy in pain, this same lady went on her knees and reconciled with God. Now imagine this scenario. The person that offended me is free and me that was offended is in bondage. Now, and you know, let, let me continue. Madam, I want, this is gonna be the next day. You're gonna come back, you're gonna meet me there and say, just, just wait here, wait here, wait here. Okay. You're going to come back. I'm still busy nursing my wound. You're going to meet me, come back and just say, oh, I'm sorry, greets me and then walk off. And I want you to see how many of us react. Okay, come. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. I'm really sorry about what I said to you the other day and I apologize. It comes sincere for my heart. Okay. I'm okay. really sorry about that. No problem, no problem. Now. She's going to turn away. I want you to look at me. Okay, you go ahead. Please forgive me. No, I forgive you. No problem. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I hope you're following me. You say, yes, I forgive you. No head. In your heart, this stupid woman. How can you call that an apology? What kind of nonsense is this? And she, she's free. She's continuing her journey. Nothing's disturbing her heart. She's the one that insulted you, but she's free because she didn't grieve the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit prompted her conscience to repent, she repented. But you that were insulted, you are in a chamber of bondage. You've rejected the help of the helper when you need his help the most. You rejected the comforts of the comforter when you need his comforts. And that's why we start going to look for comforts in the world. 
Look for comfort from friends. Look for help from people with, with good intentions who can provide human sympathy, human pity. But no amount of human sympathy has changed you. No amount of human pity has changed you. Only the Holy Spirit can change you. And we grieve Him. Thank you very much, man. Let, let's, let's clap for our, our mother here. It's a, a wonderful insult. Now, just grab an altar fruit by the grace of God and you can go back to your seats. Wow. <laughs> just because of you are stupid. See what she's enjoying. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Now, in this world, there will be disturbance. If, if you want to be in a place where nothing will disturb you, you will reach heaven. In this world, people will, will insult you, embarrass you, falsely accuse you. You will face, look, I just used the example of insult. You can, you can use your own scenario and insert it into this example. Perhaps you're facing barrenness. Perhaps there's marital challenges. Perhaps there's lack of promotion at your workplace. Perhaps people hate you for no just cause. We all have a situation. Something pokes us, something prods us, something hits us. That's, that's this life. In fact, that's the beauty of our journey to eternity because it's these things that help us to realize how much we need God. But today, when we are tempted, when we are tested, when we are troubled, the Holy Spirit that Jesus sent to comfort us is the same helper that we reject because we grieve the Holy Spirit by our pride by holding a grudge against someone. The Holy Spirit is there to, to comfort you with the words of God. He's there. And I remember Prophet T.B. Joshua saying something that touched me so much. He said this, and I quote, he said, there is nothing I cannot overlook for the sake of Jesus. Because I want to ask you, examine yourself. What are you facing in this life that Jesus himself did not face? When Jesus said, a servant cannot be greater than a master. If the world hated me, they will hate you also. Are, are, you, are, you, are you being hated? Are you being falsely accused? Jesus Christ was called the king of demons. Have you been betrayed? Jesus Christ was betrayed by his disciple. Have you been persecuted? Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross of Calvary. And he said, Father, forgive them. But today, just a little poke, you hold offense. Just a little prod, you say, why me? Just little hits, you say, Who, why is God allowing this to happen to me? And by so doing, we grieve the Holy Spirit. I ask the question again, is the Holy Spirit welcome in your hearts? Because the Holy Spirit cannot share a heart that is full of offense. He cannot share a heart that is full of unforgiveness, pain of the past, bitterness, grief. He cannot share a heart. He will not force himself on you. If he sees the place that he's supposed to be is not conducive, he will leave. And you're on your own. Okay, that, now that's number two, the way we grieve the Holy Spirit. Number three, we grieve the Holy Spirit when we ignore him. When we ignore him. Let me just give a capital example of how we ignore the Holy Spirit. Today, it is common for people, they pick up their Bibles, pick up their Bibles, and they quickly start reading the Bible 
without seeking the attention of the Holy Spirit. When this Bible we are seeing was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And for you to read the Bible effectively, you must be carried along by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said his word is spirit and life. Reading the Bible without the Holy Spirit is just reading literature. Reading history, reading about events. This is why the Bible makes no meaning to us. We can quote scripture, but our lives don't seem to quote the evidence of scripture. We, we grieve him when we take our Bible and read without in, involving the Holy Spirit, asking for his help, seeking his attention. Holy Spirit, take more of me, give me more of you. Because you can't read this Bible unless the Holy Spirit helps you to understand. So we grieve the Holy Spirit when we ignore him. Number four, we grieve the Holy Spirit when we force him to see and hear what is opposed to his will. This is affecting almost every one of us today, especially the younger generation. Because today, we are so often exposed to things that are contrary to God. We, we watch lustful things, dirty things, abominable things. And the Bible says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 to 20. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you want the Holy Spirit to dwell, to live in you. And you sit down and watch things on television, watch things on the internet, read things in books, listen to things in music that is contrary to the Holy Spirit. You grieve him. You want to force him to see what is opposed to his will? Watching things that promote lust, things that promote fornication, things that promote hatred and violence. You may say, oh, no, it's not affecting me. I'm just watching it to pass my time. A Christian must be careful of what he sees because what he sees influences his thoughts. You and I know the, the, the reality of this. I'm sure you can relate with this. Many times you have watched something just once, but you can replay what you have watched a thousand times in your mind. I remember when I was a young boy, around nine or ten years old, I accidentally walked into a room where they were playing a horror film. Disgusting. I just saw that clip for two minutes and I left. I had nightmares for two months. When I closed my eyes, I was re-watching what I saw in those two minutes. I just saw it once. I didn't mean to go there. I just came in. Adults in the room were watching this. I'm not supposed to be there as a young boy. I saw it. I quickly left. But what I saw affected my heart. You, you, you can just watch, 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 watch pornography. You can replay what you have watched a hundred times in your head. And you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Think about our young generation today, parents here. Examine what your children are exposed to. Today it's so easy with the accessibility of technology and the internet. You, can, you find people at a young age exposed to things that are immoral, exposed to things that are corrupt, exposed to things that are dirty. And we want the Holy Spirit to live in us. The Holy Spirit cannot dwell in a dirty place. 
Our children are playing video games where they're shooting each other and you wonder why they have violent tendencies. Our children are watching films and movies and soap operas where they celebrate lust and they think it's normal for there to be sexual immorality and you wonder why at a young age you see young people begin to go into all kinds of stupid and nonsensical things because they are watching things, reading things, listening to music that is contrary to God. And we grieve the Holy Spirit. 1 John 2 verse 16. Are you with me, people of God? That's why when I ask that question, is the Holy Spirit welcome in your hearts? The question is pregnancy. You need to examine yourself in the light of God's word. Perhaps one or two or three or four of the areas I've spoken of today may relate with you. The truth is, as you're here in church today, coming to receive something from God, you cannot make spiritual progress on the platform of pretense. If you're here, you want to impress God, impress the Holy Spirit into releasing what you're here for, but in your private life behind closed doors, when you're back home, you're still grieving the Holy Spirit. You cannot deceive God. God knows you better than you know yourself. And you also know yourself. Do you, do you know how you can know when you grieve the Holy Spirit? You can know when there's absence of peace. Everyone here can identify with this. You know when you take an action that steals your peace, takes your peace. Look, you, you, you can run away from God with riches and wealth, but you cannot run away with peace of hearts. Peace. Why can't we strive and struggle for peace? When there's peace of hearts, there's no need for division, no need for fighting, no need for conflict, no need for envy and jealousy. What is the cause of all of, of the challenges so many of us are facing today? We're not content. You have A, you want B. You have B, you want C. You have C, you want D. You have D, you want E. When will you stop wanting? We're not content. Little things, we compare ourselves with others. Little things, we judge ourselves by others. Little things, we measure ourselves by ourselves because we're not content. We don't have peace. And the Holy Spirit is the giver of peace. But we reject the peace of the peace giver when we harbor offense in our hearts. We reject the joy of the joy giver when we are proudful, prideful. We, we reject the, the, the guidance of the roadmap when we ignore him. We reject the strength of our strengthener when we watch things intentionally that are contrary to his will. So brethren, in conclusion, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to be the Lord of your life. He wants to possess you entirely so that you're no longer in control of this little vessel in which you sail. You're a passenger, you can be a crew member, but you're not in charge. 
You're not in control. You put the Holy Spirit in charge. The Holy Spirit's in control. And when you welcome the Holy Spirit into your hearts, you begin to think differently, begin to dream differently, begin to have a sensitivity you never had before. You will have the privilege of letting the creator of heaven and earth assist you in all you do. And I pray that this word finds a place in your hearts today, in Jesus' name. May God bless his word in the midst of our hearts.